Hello and welcome to History with Jackson. In today's episode, we will be continuing our Tudor miniseries by looking at the reign of Queen Elizabeth I. So who was Queen Elizabeth I? Now, Queen Elizabeth I was the second daughter of Henry VIII and the only child between him and Anne Boleyn. Elizabeth was born on the 7th of September 1533 and she was born in Greenwich, London. She was a fiercely intelligent woman. She learnt a whole host of languages and she was able to translate these languages into English. She was also known for being one of the most beautiful women in Europe in her earlier life. So what was Elizabeth's early life like? Upon her birth, Elizabeth became the heir to her father's throne, as after the divorce of Catherine of Aragon and Henry, Mary I became illegitimate. But barely two years after Elizabeth's birth, her whole world disintegrated after her mother was executed for treason, her father married Jane Seymour, and she was declared illegitimate. The following year after this nightmare year, Elizabeth was introduced to her young brother, Prince Edward, who had just been born. Elizabeth was moved into Edward's household, and together they had a strong Protestant education and were taught several languages. In 1547, Elizabeth's father, Henry VIII, passed away, and the throne passed to her younger brother, Prince Edward. Elizabeth then moved in with her father's widow, Catherine Parr, and her new husband, Thomas Seymour. Here, Elizabeth had a difficult time, as Thomas Seymour would frequently visit Elizabeth early in the morning before either had had a chance to get dressed. Seymour would tickle and slap the young Elizabeth and Catherine Parr on a number of occasions joined in with this behaviour. As she held down the young Elizabeth when Thomas Seymour cut her dress to pieces. Elizabeth's governess raised a concern that this was an inappropriate way to deal and interact with the young princess. But these concerns fell on deaf ears. It was only after Catherine Parr witnessed Elizabeth and Thomas Seymour in an embrace that Elizabeth was sent away. In 1553, Prince Edward passed away, but he ignored his father's will and the act of succession by declaring Lady Jane Grey as his heir and successor. Mary did not take this very well and moved to East Anglia to raise an army to meet Lady Jane Grey. Elizabeth decided to go alongside with Mary and marched into London at Mary's side. But the two sisters grew apart throughout Mary's reign as Mary declared that all must follow Catholicism with Elizabeth only openly following the practice. And as Mary's reign went on, Elizabeth became more and more as a threat as Protestants start to use her as a rallying point for their ideas to remove Mary from the throne. Mary imprisoned and later placed Elizabeth under house arrest 
to try and prevent these issues from moving any further. In 1558, as Mary grew ill, the court began to move over to Elizabeth so that they could jostle for position. Foreign powers even started to do the same, with Mary's husband, Philip II, attempting to build a relationship with Elizabeth. In November 1558, Mary finally recognised, formally recognised, Elizabeth as her heir. And later that same month, Mary passed away and Elizabeth succeeded to the throne. On the 17th of November 1558, Elizabeth finally became queen. One of her first actions was to release major Protestant nobles from prison. Many of these would go on to form part of her government and household, including Robert Dudley, who became her master of the horse. In January of 1559, Elizabeth had her coronation at Westminster Cathedral and instantly began the restoration of Protestantism within the country, with the second act of supremacy being passed that declared Elizabeth as the head of the English church and the second act of uniformity being passed, which declared fines for anyone not practising the Protestant faith. In 1560, Elizabeth became embroiled in a scandal as Robert Dudley's wife passed away in suspicious circumstances. Dudley was one of Elizabeth's favourites and it was known or rumoured that they might have had an affair. Due to Dudley's wife passing away in suspicious circumstances, it made it impossible for Dudley and Elizabeth to ever marry. However, the pair remained close. When Elizabeth was ill with smallpox the following year, she asked her council to name Dudley as protector of the realm. After recovering from smallpox, Elizabeth reigned with the same energy and enthusiasm as she sent English soldiers and money to support the Huguenots in France against the religious persecution from the French crown. And England also became involved in the transatlantic slave trade. A common thread that we've seen in all our episodes together is that most kings and queens face threats to their throne and Elizabeth was no stranger to these kind of threats. Most of these threats were Catholic threats to her throne and the major one was Mary Queen of Scots. Catholics felt that Mary was the true heir to the Tudor throne and after being forced to abdicate and flee Scotland she attempted to come to England and find protection from her cousin. Elizabeth, seeing Mary as a threat, instantly imprisoned her. Mary, Queen of Scots, instantly became the figurehead for any major Catholic threat, such as the Babington Plot and the Rising in the North. The Pope at the time also declared Elizabeth illegitimate and allowed Catholic kings across Europe to target and attack England in an attempt to restore Catholicism. Elizabeth and her heads of government, such as Lord Burley, allowed their investigators to torture Catholics in order to try and gain information or scare other Catholics from attempting plots. 
1587, Mary Queen of Scots was executed. She had become too much of a threat to Elizabeth's throne and she was forced to sign her execution warrant. Between these plots and the execution of Mary, Queen of Scots, the seeds of the English Empire were sown. And so was Raleigh established the Virginia colony in the Americas, Virginia being for Elizabeth. This allowed a trade across from the Americas to England. With England becoming a strong naval power and remaining Protestant, Philip II, Elizabeth's former brother-in-law, decided to launch an armada to attack, invade England and restore the Catholic faith. The English Navy, under the control and command of Sir Francis Drake, met them in the Channel and destroyed the armada threat. This allowed England to maintain control of the English Channel, even though Spain remained the dominant power in Europe at this point. In the final years of Elizabeth's reign, England was still seeking opportunities to trade and develop and enhance its power overseas. And Elizabeth granted a charter to the East India Company. This East India Company would go on to form the backbone for the British Empire in the future. As Elizabeth grew older and was in her 60s, she had no heir and there was no chance of her producing an heir. But she had not named her successor. So her government, particularly the younger Lord Burley, had to arrange negotiations secretly with King James of Scotland. They had to conduct these secretly as Elizabeth refused to enter negotiations or even conversations about who her heir might be. And as she grew more ill in her later years, these negotiations sped up. And in 1603, she became even more ill. Now, due to a prophecy that Elizabeth believed, said that she had passed away in her bed, when she fell ill, she decided to lay on cushions outside her bedchamber. And on the 25th of March, 1603, Queen Elizabeth I passed away, and her leading councillors declared King James of Scotland as her heir. Now, was Elizabeth a good queen. Now for many, Elizabeth is one of the greatest monarchs in English and British history. She oversaw an era, oversaw a golden age of the arts with playwrights such as Shakespeare still being read today. She also successfully defended her country, her throne and her religion. However, Elizabeth, like her sister Mary, is undergoing a historical reinterpretation. Her firm, harsh treatment of Catholics has been described as terror. She allowed for the torture of Catholics within her country. She also 
threatened to harm anyone refusing to follow or not following the Church of England's orders or her orders. There were also bans that tracked down, targeted, tortured and killed Catholics throughout her reign. So from that perspective, Elizabeth has been declared a evil woman, an evil queen. She also had favourites that she allowed to take advantage of her. But nonetheless, Elizabeth protected her country. She fulfilled one of the basic duties of queenship. But she also didn't produce an heir, which was the first basic duty of monarchy. However, I think Elizabeth was still a good queen. She fulfilled the basic duties of her role, but she had major pitfalls. Thank you very much for watching or listening this episode. I, I really hope you enjoyed learning all about Elizabeth. Elizabeth is one of my favourite monarchs from English and British history. Uh, she's one of the reasons why I first got into British history. Now, of course, a couple of books I'd like to recommend. Gwyn's Kings and Queens of England. Uh, I think that's a, a great guide, sailing guide to many points. And of course, Simon Sharma's A History of Britain. These books are both indispensable guides to British history. Uh, I'd really recommend them if you want to go away and learn more. There are also some great podcasts from History Extra, not from History Hits, sorry, that look at the reign of Queen Elizabeth I. So thank you very much for watching, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'll see you next episode where we'll look at King James I of England and Scotland. <laughs>